0: Welcome to a special episode of the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Today's podcast was recorded at the Day and OA Conference held February 15th, 2020, in San Mateo, California. The conference theme is Exploring Meditation. There is an opportunity throughout this podcast to participate in the practice of meditation. So, I'm, I'm Sean. I'm a happy compulsive eater and a sugar addict. Um, I'm going to guide us through a, a process that I use using prayer and meditation to deal with um, difficult, con- difficult s- situations in our life. And so, we'll do some prayer, we'll do some meditation, and we'll do some journaling, and we'll walk through difficulty. So, to start, I wanted to ask for some help. Um, somebody to pass out um, some journaling papers we're going to use, and then I have pens if you need them. I think we've got less than 50 people at this point. We only made 50 copies, so if somebody doesn't have a copy, we've got blank paper, and I brought clipboards. So the the paper is cardstock, so you can write on that without the clipboard, but we may need the paper for that. Okay. So first I thought we might just... um, Talk a little bit about, or I, talk a little bit about why as compulsive eaters and compulsive behaviors we might use meditation. Why Why specifically for our disease? You know, somebody, the, one of the first things I heard was that um, meditation is kind of like a, a windshield wiper on a, on a dirty windshield. You're kind of, you know, you're cleaning off the dirt to be able to see more clearly. And... Um, you know, when we see more clearly, we have more choice. And that, that's part of what we'll do today is help you feel some more choices in a difficult situation. Um, the other thing is that we learn to sit with discomfort. You know, that anybody who, we, we've all know that healing from this disease is uncomfortable. You know, that withdrawal process, you know, the self-judgment, it, it can be uncomfortable. And so, Meditation is a way that we can learn to feel discomfort and stay present, and not let it overwhelm us. And then the last thing is, um, I mean, not the last thing, but one of the other things, is that it's a practice of compassion. That, um, as I think, as both Beth and Poonam talked about, um, you know, we're being gentle with ourselves. We're learning as we meditate, to be gentle with ourselves, to be kind to ourselves, and when we notice the wandering mind, we may judge ourselves, we may beat ourselves up, but we can be aware of that and be and apply loving kindness. Be very gentle with yourself in this meditation because it can be very emotional. So um, we'll do we'll do a, a a visualization meditation in a moment, but I want to ask you all to bring to mind a, a situation in your life where you feel stuck. Like you don't have a lot of options. And this should be a situation uh, that involves people usually, rather than like, how can I figure out how to more efficiently balance my checkbook? That's not really the... That, that's not what this is geared for. Uh, so something that involves other people and some feelings. So... Um, <laughs> the the example I'll use today is about uh, doing dishes in the house. <laughs> um, my house manager lives with us, and uh, she's very particular about how I use the kitchen. And since I'm very particular about my food, it can be a little tense. So she had this rule. First, the rule was you can leave ten. You can leave the dish strainer. F- 10 percent full of dishes. It means just a few dishes in the dish drainer to let them dry. I was like, okay, fine. So 10 percent. You know, I have roughly 10 percent. Well, then she came back and said, no, no, no. It's got to be clear. You got to clear the dish drainer the whole thing. You can't leave dishes. Okay, so I dry all my dishes. So, so I started drying all my dishes. I'm a rule follower, especially after getting the program. Like, they, I need the rules. Weighing and measuring works for me. Uh, so I followed the rules, but not everybody else in the house followed the rules. <laughs> so every time I saw some dishes in the dish drainer, I was like, tiss tisk." And not only tiss tiss to them, look at me, I'm doing all the dishes. I'm following the rules. Okay, so that's my situation. Okay, so we'll... Through the rest of the time, that's what we'll be working with. So you got to come up with your own situation. And we're going to walk through a five-step process to, to work with this and to figure out how we can go from this stuckness through mindfulness and then figure out what higher power's will is for us in, um, in the situation. I realize I think I forgot to keep a worksheet. Can I borrow somebody's? Oh, thank you so much. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm shaking. Okay, so you've got your situation. So, um, so settle into a to a, a comfortable posture. Sometimes it helps for the uh, the back to be straight. The teacher I'm studying with right now he says back straight, soft front. So the the back can be straight but relaxed. And oftentimes, if we have a a, a straight back and a, a settled posture, the, the stillness of the body can help the mind be still, and that's helpful. So to begin, just set the intention to really want to see your experience clearly, without self-deception that you've given yourself this time, these three hours, to know yourself better and to be able to deal with this the situations in life that can lead us to compulsive behavior. And so during this time, just set that intention to really be with your experience. Be exactly as you are, right here, right now. Your whole experience is welcome here. so bring to mind the situation where you feel stuck see if you can picture it where where you where you are who's there maybe what time of day is it you know as specific a picture as you can and um As you do this, uh, just see if you can feel into the experience. Are there certain smells or sounds or, or visual arisings, things in your immediate experience? Body sensations? You know, you might feel warmth or coolness. Tightness in the body. We can sometimes tune into uh, roughness, like on the skin, or smoothness. These are all different ways of feeling, feeling into our experience. Um, really, feeling body sensations is—it's it, one, it's one style of meditation. It's one tool in your toolbox. So that's what I'm inviting you to do right now: is just feel physically. You know, you can when you when we when we use our memory we can actually bring to mind the actual experience, right? And our body can feel it again. And so just remember you're in a safe place. Now, notice to yourself what emotions are around. You know, really try and feel into what are the emotions present in this situation. So with the dish drainer, gosh, um, I would feel resentment. Frustration. And as you recognize the emotions, now see if you feel the emotion in a certain part of your body. That, um, you know, emotions manifest in physical sensations. So it's not only a thought in the mind, but it's also a physical sensation. So, you know, when I feel resentful, I can sometimes feel a tightness in my stomach. Heat on my chest. A ball in my throat. So see if you can tune in physically to how the emotion manifests in your body right now and in this situation. Okay, so with all the information, all the awareness that you've gathered, turn to your, uh, your, your sheet, your worksheet, and there's a space to write down the answers to the questions. Just in part one, what emotions do you notice feeling? What fig- ph- uh, physical sensations do you notice feeling? Are the physical sensations associated with the specific emotion? And then lastly, what thoughts did you notice coming up? Okay. So you may still have more to write. There, there'll be more time to write, so don't, don't worry too much about that. Um, so yeah, so part one is... Uh, tracking your experience, we could also call it an inventory, right? We're sort of taking a spot-check inventory. Sort of like a 10-step, I guess. Um, So, step two is um, what I call reflective awareness, or what in the tradition I'm practicing is called spacious awareness. And so, um, you know, in my experience, I can't really control my thoughts or my emotions. Um, what I can have, what I have been able to cultivate is a a way of relating to the thoughts and the emotions. It's sort of like how we relate to our food thoughts. So, you know, when I was in relapse for two years, which was hell on earth, um, those thoughts would come up You know, I I can't stop. You can't stop these food thoughts. I can. Maybe you can. And so the practice that I was trying to get into was seeing if I could not grab onto it or react to the thoughts and start judging myself because I'm wanting to overeat. But just try and put in a little bit of space and a little bit of gentleness. Like, Sean, I see you are wanting that food. One of my sponsors said, I used to call it a treat. I want a treat at the end of the night. My sponsor said, Sean, that is not a treat. That is poison. So you can use your words to to help you. So in spacious awareness, we're learning to relate in a reflective way with our thoughts and with our emotions. And that when we do that, then we can ask for higher power's help to transform that thought. Not push it away. I'm not fixing it. I'm not trying to, you know, push it away. Higher power, I need help. And so, um, specifically, reflective awareness is to reflect on the thoughts and the feelings you're having right now and notice what your relationship is to the thoughts. Okay, so in the dish drainer example... My housemates were not following the rules. I was following the rules. So my relationship to those thoughts, I was clinging to this idea that I was better. So instead of just saying, oh, Sean, I see that you're judging your housemates. I see that judgment, and I see that you're puffing up yourself, the 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 character imbalance of pride. And this is one way that we can look at our relationship to our thoughts, especially in relationship to our character defects or character imbalances. So the second question is, how do you feel about your emotions and this experience? What's the mental attitude in my mind? My mental attitude was I am clinging to this thought that I am better, and I'm not letting it go because it feels good. Sometimes we can hate this feeling. I don't like this feeling. I want it to go away. I'm pushing it away, right? That's you reacting to your thought. And it's It's pouring more energy into it. And you're going to fire it up even more, okay? So, okay, so take a few minutes. Step two, reflective, spacious awareness. How do you feel about your emotions? How do you feel about these thoughts that you're having? The example I gave was I am, I'm, I'm clinging to it. I want it. I deserve it. I'm the best. Is this is this clear? Is there other questions about this part? It's it's a it's okay. Let me know if there are because it it's not an easy concept. At least it wasn't for me. Okay, um, so the, the other thing I would, just want to make clear, um, again, it's my belief that I can't control my thoughts or my feelings. These things, these arisings just come in the mind. Now, again, but when I am able to get some spacious awareness and I can notice the judgment, it's not the thought I'm better than you, it's the fact that it's a judgment, that's where God can go to work. When we can get enough space to sit back and watch the thoughts, watch the feelings, we can pray to have them changed and we can do the work we need, the footwork we can do to change those thoughts and feelings or change our relationship to the thoughts and feelings. And then over time, I think they come up less, right? Because if I'm not reacting to that judgment, if I'm not pouring fuel on the fire, it just, it starts to lessen naturally. (laughs) <laughs> and that's where we can start to see the change and the greater peace and the greater serenity and hopefully act less compulsively. Okay, okay. step three. My favorite my favorite part of the big book is a story in the back page 417 says, "An acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed it is because I find some person place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. So this, is, this, may, this may be the hardest step. Can you accept yourself and accept the thoughts and feelings you're having right now exactly as they are even before trying to change them and I'm I may have actually jumped ahead that the acceptance part yeah because if we're pushing away or we're trying to hold on to it it's not acceptance right it's trying to I want to I want to hold on to this feeling forever God don't take it away from me so you know ex- acceptance is a it's a kind of compassion. Sean, I see that you are judging your housemates. I see that, and, and I understand that that's what your mind wants to do, and that's okay. I, I, I want to just accept that as it is. it is. Even before right or wrong, before even like character imbalance, the character defect, right, before even that label, And then it's also a practice of humility, I think, acceptance, you know, that I'm not in control. And, and um, you know, if, um, if we immediately go to fixing or changing, we can do what some folks call a spiritual bypass. So we're using our spiritual tools to bypass the tough feelings, to get onto the fix, and that's not acceptance. That's not accepting things exactly as they are. And it, it, it we just so. When, and when we do that, we we actually miss the learning. That it's in sitting with the discomfort. It's in sitting with the, the feelings and the attitude towards the feelings. That's where the learning can happen. That's where the transformation can happen. And acceptance is like a key part of that. So the two questions I have in this section are just, can you accept your experience as it is? I guess that, that's a yes or no question. But there's, but then the other part is, is there a part of you that doesn't want to accept it? So in my distrainer example, I didn't want to admit that I was prideful. I didn't want to admit that I was judgmental. So that part of me, that part of me that wanted to be perfect or enlightened. That part of me did not want to accept my experience. So see if there's a part of you that's not yet willing to accept this experience you're having exactly as it is. And maybe write a a sentence or two about what that part, what's going on with that part, why is that part not wanting to accept it. Does this make sense? We still doing okay? Okay, good. Um, you know, sometimes I think about how I would treat a friend if they were thinking those things. What would I tell them? So that, you know, what would you tell yourself, you know, could you, what you would tell your friend, could you tell that to yourself? Yeah. Okay. So this is sort of half time in our process. Um, we've, we've done the inventory we've sort of reflected in, in internally and so now we're going to turn outwards and start moving towards uh, what what would be higher powers will in this situation. And so I'd like to do another um, guided meditation which was one I discovered I don't know maybe five years ago that came from the tradition that I grew up with and I didn't I didn't grow up with meditation at all but I was so glad to find this. So it's a higher power centered meditation. So um, again, find a a posture that's comfortable, but upright, ideally. And in this meditation, we are going to invite in higher power. And the intention of the meditation is this, God, higher power, I consent to your will and action, your presence and action in my life. Now you don't have to remember the whole phrase. In the instructions for the meditation, we actually just use one word or phrase to remind you of this intention higher power, I consent to your presence and action in my life. And so the first time I did this meditation on a retreat, the word I used was yes. And so we set that intention. You drop the word in, and then you just watch. and just notice what comes up this is it's very similar to the tracking exercise we already did just track what happens in your mind in your heart in your body and there's no mistakes now what can happen is we can we can get on a thought train and just the train leaves the station and keeps going, and we follow the thought. So when you recognize that, that's the moment for compassion, and that's the moment to bring yourself back to the Word. My word was yes. Sometimes I use the word care. Really inviting the in higher power. I consent to your presence and action in my life. And then just watch. Again, just... See if you can maintain that spacious awareness, not getting caught in the thought of I'm better, but recognizing, ah, I see that thought. I see you judging. And then let it go. One way to orient to meditation is imagining a a beautiful blue sky. And these thoughts and these sensations will pass through the sky like clouds. And so in these meditations, our awareness is the sky. It's the whole thing. And we can notice the thoughts, we can notice the clouds. But we don't need to get um, caught up in them. We don't focus on the clouds. We see them. They're there. And we accept them being there. That those thoughts in your mind are higher power's will. That's, that's what is happening right now. And we're practicing acceptance. We're practicing consent to higher power. In her presence and action in our lives. Um, uh, uh, a few years ago, I, I worked with a, a a yoga teacher, a yoga therapist, and she introduced me to a concept called self-study. And so, self-study is a process of, um, you know, studying or reflecting on those uh, values or principles or teachings that we aspire to. And and. Um, then evaluating how our thoughts and feelings and actions line up with those values, and so many of you may have come from a root spiritual tradition. We can look back to those traditions. You know, in the Bay Area, we're we're just blessed with so many um, spiritual teachings. There's a lot. There's a lot to choose from. The ones that I just invite us to use are um, the principles that are outlined in the in the our twelve and twelve which I never saw this in a 12-step literature before this program. Maybe it was. But anyway, so on that back page, it goes through the 12 steps. It talks about step one, the principle being honesty. And two is hope. Three, faith. Four, courage. Integrity. Willingness. Humility. Self-discipline. Love for others. Perseverance, spiritual awareness, and service. So the next step is to having looked honestly at what is happening for us, how does that experience, how do those feelings, how does our relationship to the feelings match up with these principles that we aspire to? And you can use these principles or something else. You know, you know, you know, what you aspire to. So with the dish drainer example, um, you know, humility I think was the big one. Recognizing my pride and um, being willing to get humble. Uh, And then also step nine, love for others. (laughs) You know, (laughs) loving my housemates for leaving their dishes in the dish drainer. (laughs) because <laughs> it was an opportunity for me to wake up. If they hadn't left their dish in the dishwasher, I wouldn't have gotten to see myself judgment and I wouldn't have been able to like, come and tell you about it. So there's, a, there's like a gift in there, right? Okay, so you know, choose your spiritual values, and, and then step four, how do your feelings, mental attitude, and potential actions, potential responses you could take to this situation, how do they line up with the values that are important to you? Maybe another minute? Are people almost done? Oh, people ready, huh? Okay. Um, okay, so here we go, getting towards higher power's will. The quote from the, f- the front page at the top is, uh, here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. So, you know, the, I love this idea of intuition. It, it, this was like a radical part of, uh, the big book for me was that I could discern God's will for me in my life. That was possible. That idea, like the the tradition I grew up in, was you know very judgmental and it was following rules. But this is different. This is this is studying the rules, rules, and that's what we do in self study, right? We're giving our intuition information. To help guide our heart to God's will. And so, you know, it's important to me that I uh, practice in traditions. You know, the tradition I grew up in is still very important to me. And so I do read those teachings and study those teachings. But ultimately, I'm going to have to decide what the next right step is. And I have that capacity. We all have that capacity. This is what the big book says. Uh, What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. We find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely on it. That's 77 from the big book. So how do we discern God's will? Um, You know, I... uh, I I try and listen to my body, that especially after getting abstinent and starting to grapple with the feelings that were underneath the, the compulsive eating, I'm learning to tune into my body, and my body tells me when something's off. Now, I don't always recognize it in the moment, and this is part of the reason we did the tracking exercise, so we can go back to the situation, and we can tune into what was happening in the situation and... And, and, and get some more information. So listening to my body is one. Listening to my heart is another. <laughs> um, I was part of a spiritual community, uh, and it was a lot about following your heart, following what turned you on, what excited you. And, uh, you know, the things that we love are often what's best for us. And, and in this program, we learn moderation, but I like the food I eat. I eat delicious food. I don't like to compromise on my food. I follow my heart. And I've got a, I've got a food plan that kind of, you know, keeps me on track, but within that food plan... I eat delicious food, right? So, so okay. So, following the heart. Um, next one is listening to your friends. I make program calls every day. I, 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 I need them. So my number's on the on the sheet. Please feel free to give me a call. You know, sometimes I get to the end of the day and I I don't have the two calls that I aspire to. So, so yeah. Use use the phone list. Um, And I talk, on my program calls, I talk about everything. I talk about, you know, get car repairs and, um, you know, issues with my parents, whatever. And then the last one is just listen to your HP, you know. Say a prayer. Sometimes I'll say, God, please increase my desire for your will for me. Make me, help, help me want to do your will. Please increase that desire in me and make it clear. Okay. So let's just take a few minutes and do question number five. How might higher power call you to respond in light of these values? So uh, we've got a little time to share. You know, originally I thought this was going to be a lot smaller, and so I imagine going around the circle and everybody sharing. (laughs) The the, the prompt I thought was like, what are you taking away from today? Right, what's, what, what do you, so, you know, we have more people than that. Um, So I'd say let's just share briefly either something you're taking away from today. If you have a short question, I'm happy to answer that. If it's a longer question, why don't let's leave it to a program call or even lunch. I'm having lunch afterwards. Um, talk about it then. So I want to hear from as many people as possible. If you're willing, you know, either what are you taking away or if you have a short question, that's, that's great.